Section 16 of The Jolly Parisians and Other Novelettes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Madame Chabre by Emile Zola. Translated by George D. Cox. Chapter 1. Hector. Monsieur Chabre's great grief was that he had no children. He had married Mademoiselle Catinot, the daughter of the senior partner in the firm of De Vigne and Catinot, the fair Estelle, a tall, handsome girl of eighteen, and for the last four years he had been waiting for a son and heir. Monsieur Chabre was a retired grain merchant and was the possessor of a large fortune although he had led the chaste life of a citizen who is absorbed in the one idea of becoming a millionaire he had at the age of forty-five the gait of an old man his pallid face worn by pecuniary cares was as dull and expressionless as a paving stone and he was in despair for a man who has made an income of fifty thousand francs has certainly the right to worry over the fact that he is childless Pretty Madame Chabre was at that time two-and-twenty. She was an adorable creature, with a complexion reminding one of a ripe peach, and with fair hair floating about her shoulders. Her greenish-blue eyes resembled a sheet of still water, beneath which it would be difficult to distinguish anything. Among their friends, Madame Chabre was looked upon as a woman of perfect education, incapable of furnishing any cause for scandal, fairly religious and brought up by a strict mother in the observance of the best principles. But the delicate nostrils of her little white nose would sometimes quiver in a way which would have alarmed any other husband than a retired grain merchant. However, the family doctor, Monsieur Guiraud, an acute and good-tempered man, had had several private conversations with Monsieur Chavre, and finally seeing that his patient was in an ailing state, he advised him to take sea baths, to go to the coast for a few weeks, breathe the air from the briny deep, and eat plenty of shellfish, which, so the doctor declared, were extremely nutritious, and the very kind of food that Monsieur Chavre needed." then just as he was going away he added carelessly don't go and bury yourselves in some out-of-the-way nook madame chavre is young and once amusing go to trouville the air is very good there three days later the chavres started but the retired grain merchant had concluded that it would be folly to go to trouville where he would have to spend no end of money any place is good enough for a man to eat shellfish in. More than that, in a quiet place, shellfish would be more plentiful and less costly. As for amusement, there would always be enough and to spare of that. They were not going on a pleasure trip, but simply for the benefit of his, Monsieur Chabre's, health. A friend had recommended to Monsieur Chabre the little town of Pouligan, near Saint-Nazaire, in La Vendée. Madame Chavre, after a twelve-hour journey, was bored to death during the day which they had spent at Saint-Nazaire, that budding town with its new streets all straight and prim, and still full of half-built houses. They went to look at the harbour, they wandered about the streets, in which the shops were halfway between the dark-coloured groceries of villages and the luxurious emporiums of real towns. At Pouligan there was not a chalet to let. 
the little houses of boards and plaster which surrounded the bay looking like the bedaubed shanties of a fair were already invaded by english visitors and rich tradesmen from nantes moreover estelle turned up her nose at the style of architecture in which the provincial builders had given full scope to their imagination the travellers were advised to go and sleep at garande it was sunday when they arrived there at about midday monsieur charles was startled although he was not of a poetic temperament the sight of guerande of this well-preserved feudal gem with its fortified enceinte and its deep-set gates surrounded by machicolations astonished him estelle looked at the silent town surrounded by great trees and promenades and a smile flashed from her quiet eyes but the vehicle rolled on the horse passed under a gateway at a trot and the wheels jolted over the rough stones of the narrow streets the chavres had not exchanged a word a regular hole at last muttered the grain merchant the villages about paris are much better built as the couple got out of the vehicle in front of the hotel de commerce which is situated in the middle of the town near the church the people were just coming from mass whilst her husband was seeing to the luggage estelle took a short walk being much interested in this procession of the devout a large number of whom wore very strange costumes there in white blouse and baggy trousers were the denizens of the salt marshes which stretch between guerande and Croisic. then there were the petty farmers a totally distinct class wearing short cloth jackets and broad-brimmed hats but estelle was especially charmed by the rich costume of a young girl whose cap fitted close to her head and terminated in a point to the body of her red dress there was affixed a breastplate of bright-coloured brocaded silk a sash adorned with gold and silver embroidery was bound round her three superposed skirts which were of blue cloth with small tucks whilst a long apron of orange silk fell in front of her leaving uncovered her red woollen stockings and her feet clad in little yellow slippers well said monsieur chavre who had taken up his position behind his wife one must come to brittany to see a carnival like this estelle did not reply a tall young man of about twenty was coming out of church with an old lady on his arm his complexion was very fair his look proud and his hair of a yellowish tinge he was almost a giant with his broad shoulders his brawny limbs on which the muscles stood out and yet he had the soft delicate and rosy face of a young girl without a hair upon it as estelle was looking at him astonished by his surpassing comeliness he turned his head glanced at her for a second and blushed hello muttered monsieur chavre there's one man at least who's got a human face he'd make a splendid carabinier it's monsieur hector said the hotel servant who had heard this he's with his mother madame de plougastel he's such a nice good young man during lunch the shoppers heard a lively discussion the commissioner of mortgages who took his meals at the hotel de commerce was extolling the patriarchal life of guerande and especially the good morals of the young according to him it was the religious education of the inhabitants which thus preserved their innocence and he gave examples he quoted facts 
but a commercial traveller who had arrived that morning with some cases of cheap jewellery sneered saying that on his way thither he had seen boys and girls kissing behind the hedges he would have liked to see these virtuous country youths if some amiable ladies came within their reach and he wound up by making such sport of religion of priests and nuns that his opponent threw down his napkin and went off in high dudgeon the chabras had gone on eating without saying a word the husband furious at hearing such things talked of at a table d'hote his wife calm and smiling as if she had not understood a word to while away the afternoon the couple paid a visit to Guaranda. the church of st aubin was deliciously cool they walked slowly about it raising their eyes to the lofty vaulted roof supported by clusters of little columns they tarried before the curious carvings of the capitals on which one may see executioners sawing their victims in two and roasting them on gridirons whilst blowing into the fire to make it burn more fiercely afterwards they strolled about the five or six streets of the town and monsieur chabre kept to his opinion it was certainly a hole with no trade one of those relics of the middle ages of which so many have been already demolished the streets were deserted and bordered by gabled houses which leaned one against another like feeble old women pointed roofs pepper boxes covered with tiles corner towers the remains of time-worn carvings all helped to transform certain silent nooks into museums sleeping in the sun estelle who had read some novels since she had been married looked languishingly at the little windows with their panes surrounded by lead she was thinking of sir walter scott and kenilworth but when the chabras went out of the town to walk around it they nodded their heads and had to admit that it was really pretty the granite walls stood there without a breach gilded by the sun and as sound as on the day they were built festoons of ivy and honeysuckle hung from the machicolations on the towers which flank the ramparts shrubs have grown golden broom and flaming wallflowers whose clumps of flowers blaze in the bright sunlight and all around the town stretch promenades overshadowed by tall trees ancient elms beneath which the grass grows thick and green one can walk there as on a carpet along the edge of the old moat filled up in places with masonry while in others there are stagnant pools whose weedy water is full of the reflections of silvery birch trees growing against the walls sunbeams glisten through the trees and light up mysterious corners and postern gates where only frogs with their sudden and terrified leaps abide in the sombre silence of forgotten centuries there are ten towers i counted them cried monsieur chambre when they had returned to their starting point the four gates of the town had particularly struck him with their deep and narrow archways through which only one vehicle could pass at a time was it not ridiculous in the nineteenth century to remain shut up thus he would have raised the gates regular citadels though they were filled with loopholes with walls so thick that two six-storied houses could have been built in their place just think he added of all the building materials that could be obtained from the ramparts they were then on the mail or mall a broad raised promenade forming a quarter of a circle from the eastern to the southern gate 
estelle remained thoughtful at the sight of the splendid view which stretched for miles beyond the roofs of the suburbs there was first a belt of green pine trees bent by the sea breezes gnarled shrubs a mass of dark verdure beyond this stretched the desert of salt marshes an immense barren plain with its mirror-like square basins and its little white heaps of salt glittering amid the dreary expanse of sand then further still on the edge of the horizon there appeared the deep blue ocean three sails on this blue streak looked like three white swallows there's the young man we saw this morning said monsieur chabre suddenly don't you think he's like little la riviere if he had the hump it would be himself estelle had slowly turned round but hector who was standing on the edge of the mall absorbed too in the distant view of the sea did not appear to notice that any one was looking at him estelle walked slowly on leaning upon the long handle of her sunshade after going a few steps the bow of the sunshade came off and the chabras suddenly heard a voice calling behind them madame madame it was hector who had picked up the bow thank you very much said estelle with her quiet smile he seemed a very timid and nice young fellow and took monsieur chabra's fancy at once the retired grain merchant confided to him his difficulties about a choice of seaside places and even went so far as to ask for information hector began to stammer oh i don't think you'll find what you want either at la croisique or at bordebeth he said pointing out the spires of these little towns on the horizon i should advise you to go to piriac he then gave them further particulars piriac was nine miles off he had an uncle who lived there and finally in answer to a question from monsieur chavre he stated that shellfish were to be found there in abundance meanwhile the lady tapped the short grass with the end of her sunshade and the young gentleman did not raise his eyes to her as if embarrassed by her presence what a pretty town Guerand is said estelle at last in her musical voice yes very pretty stammered hector suddenly enwrapping her in an ardent gaze End of section 16